Welcome to TechTO's Founders Journey Series. In this series, we chat with the leaders of the Canadian tech ecosystem, founders, investors, and people who have been around the ecosystem and helped build it. I'm your host, Alex Norman, and today we shall sit down with Inovia Capital to chat through their history and recent announcements of their Discovery Fund and how they're helping early stage founders and investors uh, build the next great business in Canada. Uh, thanks for joining us today. I'd love to get Karam and Prem up. Hey guys, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Pretty good. Um, Karam, uh, how's everything with you? All good. Interesting uh, time of the year. Feels like uh, you know everything in post summer has been uh, a thousand miles an hour, and we're just uh, trying to keep up with things. Let's start at the high level because I think most people know who Inovia is. Could you explain, you know, what what Inovia is? Uh, Inovia today is a, a multi-stage uh, kind of full-stack venture fund. Uh, we're headquartered in uh, Montreal with offices in Toronto, Western Canada, London, and the UK. Um, managing about two and a half billion dollars US of capital. Uh, when I say multi-stage, that means we do everything from pre-seed and seed investing, which is what we're gonna talk about today with this discovery fund, um, to venture investing, which for us typically is in the seed to, to series B sort of range. Uh, and we also do growth investing, uh, which would be kind of series C all the way up to pre-IPO rounds. Um, so I think we're the only fund in Canada that kind of covers the, the gamut. Um, from inception to IPO is kind of how we like to, to talk about it. Yeah, and you have geographic coverage from coast to coast. So maybe, you know, take us just back to the beginning. When Inovia started, what, you know, how long ago was that? And what did you, what was the, what did the fund originally cover? Inovia was founded by uh, Sean Abbott, Chris Arsenault, Francois Gauvin, uh back in 2007. Uh, that was primarily a, kind of a Western Canada and Quebec focused fund. Uh, in which we did uh, IT investments, we did life sciences, uh, we did clean tech as well. Uh, I would say 2011 is probably the the birth of the current inception of Inovia with a strict focus on uh, software and, and hardware investing, um, enhanced kind of geographic coverage uh, across Canada into the US, um, and a really kind of dedicated focus on a, you know, the sort of founders that I think have been representative of our portfolio. Uh, over the last uh, 15 years in that, you know, focusing on finding people that can run their companies from the day we invest to, to the day they exit um, and, you know, trying to support them however we can uh, along that journey. Cool. Maybe I'd like to get to know a bit about both of you. So Karem, what, when did you join Inovia? What were you doing before and what do you focus on? I've been at Inovia now for, wow, almost 14 years. Um, I joined in uh, 2010. My background part of that was in software development. Um, so I worked in the systems architecture group at uh, RBC. Um, I'm a U Waterloo comp sci grad, so really had no idea around anything related to venture capital or finance, um, but was introduced to the team. Um, you know, met Chris uh, back in 2009, I believe, um, and he was really impressed by kind of the vision and you know what they wanted to build. And uh, initially thought I would be at Inovia for you know six months a year, then go join a startup. And uh, you know, never managed to to make that break. Well, I, I guess you've seen a few startups since and how they've grown. Um, Prem, uh, tell us a bit about your background and when you joined Inovia. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, you know it well, Alex. Uh, but I'll, I'm happy to kind of go through the the quick touch points. Uh, after after university, I joined an early stage YC startup. Uh, we went down to the valley and then came back and kind of noticing the differences. I was always drawn into the problem of why is there a different availability of capital here versus there? 
And then when the University of Waterloo reached out to, to organize an angel network associated with the university, uh, I thought that was an interesting way that I could have a differentiated impact on that availability of capital locally. And that's kind of where I met you through your work with AngelList. Um, but as I worked with angel groups, I realized that they, you know, they, they, they had their own challenges in terms of being able to move fast and get into the best opportunities. So I realized I wanted to be writing my own checks and, and eventually found my way to do that um, after doing a, a stint in consulting and, and investing well in the public markets. And ultimately that led to working with a, a pre-seed firm down in the, the Valley called the Four Capital, mostly more as a, as a, what they call a venture product partner, but it's essentially like a scout. And then working, and then I decided because I wasn't getting the, the level of mentorship that I was looking for, I, I thought I'd rekindle talks with you to, to get more exposure. And so I joined you as an EIR at N49P. And I think all that work across the angel ecosystem, operating at the early stages and, and working with different pre-seed funds made me a good candidate to help uh, Inovia with evolving its discovery program. And so about two years ago, Carm reached out saying, hey, we're, we're thinking about shifting our focus to uh, investing in funds. And, and then I started as a consultant and then it took about until last summer for me to join full time. Cool. So I can ask questions about Inovia for like the next hour, but let's go and focus on the discovery fund. Cause I think that was what was announced recently. Um, that's what both of you are involved in. So at the high level, what is a discovery fund? Uh, discovery fund is an extension of a program that we've had in place since uh, about 2013. Um, so back then, you know, we were looking at what was going on in the Canadian ecosystem. And it's, I think a lot of the same trends that the frame mentioned that there was a gap. Um, for funding at the earliest, earliest stages. So this is, um, you know, two folks in kind of a PowerPoint deck going out to raise their first, you know, 100 to, to 500K. And what we saw in the successful ecosystems, uh, you know, globally were often like the best folks to provide that capital were not kind of large institutional investors. It was folks that were, you know, recent entrepreneurs, um, or people that were managing smaller, more, more focused uh, funds uh, that could help support these businesses in all the ways they need until they can get to the point where they can raise institutional capital. Um, so we started doing two things back then. One, uh, we started investing in funds. Um, so Garage Capital was kind of the uh, original kind of fund that we built this program around, uh, which is run by Mike Litt, Devin Galloway, and, and Mike McCauley. All three of them were I know via portfolio company founders that you know we've gotten in over years and they were doing some uh, unstructured kind of angel investing on, on the side. So we helped them get that fund up and running and we're the first institutional investors in that. And we also started doing some small direct investments um, with a very different kind of focus um, and you know much lighter kind of diligence process, um, but allowing us to kind of build these relationships early days with the founders that we thought were the most compelling. Um, over the last 10 years, you know, the results of that program from both a returns perspective, but also like strategically for Inovia and more broadly speaking, I think it's been relatively good for the ecosystem. Um, and so about two years ago, as Prey mentioned, as we were gearing up to raise our, our latest venture fund, uh, you know, we started thinking about like, does this now get to the point where it should be a standalone entity? Is there enough kind of maturity around, you know, what's uh, been built in that program that we can kind of staff it full time with folks like Prem and colleague Marianne and uh, you know how do we want to set this up and you know allocate capital within that the pool of resources um, and so that's kind of brings us to the discovery fund it's the first time we've kind of spun out that allocation uh, into a standalone vehicle 
um, and publicly announced that, you know, we've been doing this for the last 10 years. Um, and I hope it's kind of a stepping stone to being able to do this uh, again in a couple of years and continue to kind of pay it forward to the next generation of founders. And Prem, anything to add? I, th I think it's uh, it's a great mandate. Uh, excited to to be able to to have the impact on on the ecosystem that that this platform and this strategy allows. And yeah, I, I think it's a it's a great time to be deploying fresh capital and and working with all the new fund managers that are popping up across Canada. Yeah, I, I want to get back to that in a few minutes. But two two questions. One is, you know, you you do coast to coast most stages. So why is this stage something I know of yet? They don't want to do directly, and it's felt it was better to get other managers to invest. Um, I think it's just a, a rationalization that there's people that are better than us at, at doing this stage of investing. Um, I think it's uh, you know naive to think that you can be all things for all people, and I think it's naive to think that you can be you know a great investor across all stages and all sectors and everything else. And I think when we looked at these sort of managers that we're partnering with here, we realized like there's a, a very different kind of skill set that's involved with kind of helping companies at those really formative stages uh, where, versus where we typically get involved, where the you know, companies are a bit more mature, have product market fit, and we're really focused on how to scale those businesses. Um, and so when you know we're talking to uh, emerging managers, like that's the part we really, really dig in on is like, why are you kind of uniquely positioned to kind of help out here? And uh, I hope the, the folks that we've invested in today are characteristic of those investors that can get really involved and help. Uh, early days. And, and then second thing is, why is this needed? Like, you know, hypothetically, if you read the press releases a couple of years ago, everyone was saying early stage has been solved in Canada. So obviously, it feels like you felt you can accelerate to have an impact in early stage. Why, why do you need to, why does this need to exist? Uh, there's a couple of reasons. Like, like a really key one that I think sometimes get missed is just the, the diversity of capital sources. And so when you're increasing the amount of capital available at a stage, but just allocating it to the same folks that have been investing that over the last 10 years, things aren't really changing in terms of like being more open-minded to new sorts of companies, um, finding non-overlapping kind of personal networks that could create interesting uh, opportunities um, and, you know, seeding the, the next generation of kind of platform investors uh, across the country. And if I look at the folks that we do series A investing with uh, in Canada, with the exception of Radical, I think it's like the same subset of folks that were there 10 years ago. Um, and if I look at the seed stage, it's also very kind of similar to the folks that have been there you know, for the last 10 years. That to me means there's gonna be a huge gap in a couple of years as folks you know, cycle out of this ecosystem, step back from like actively investing, who's gonna be there to kind of pick up the reins and, and move the ecosystem forward? Um, and we're like hoping that through this program, we, we can find some of those folks that can play that role, um, not just from an economic perspective, but also from a community and ecosystem perspective. And so I, I love that perspective. It's not only that, hey, our ecosystem may be healthy right now, but we have to also think about the future and how it's changing and, and basically support that. Um, then who's running this program day to day? That would be my friend, Prim. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'm leading the day to day, but benefiting from uh, Karam's experience as well as as well as the broader uh, Inovia partnership. And then, so you're you're leading this. Tell us a bit about what you're looking for an emerging manager. Why an emerging manager should join this program? Totally. Um, so, 
We are investing in, we're, we're, we have a focus on funds, less than 50 million, um, a software focus, and usually there's some sort of Canadian connection. The main way that we are able to identify the funds that are a good fit for our program is we look at those, those fund managers, uh, either current portfolios or their past track records. And we're trying to look at the companies they've been involved with and, and getting a sense, are those the kinds of companies that are high fit for Inovia? And what I mean by that is, are we excited to track and, and potentially compete to position ourselves to lead some of those follow-on rounds that they, they might raise? Um, because of our position in the ecosystem, just you know, having been here more than 15 years and, and having partners on the ground, essentially coast to coast, uh, we, we have strong networks, uh, both with entrepreneurs and co-investors, and we're able to quickly understand um, a, a, new, a new investor's reputation and, and how they work with companies, how they're able to generate deal flow, uh, where do they add value, how, do they, how are they winning allocations, and what is their trajectory? So not only where are they at today, but how are they trending? And I think all those combined give us a, a more complete picture that allows us to lean in earlier than other fund investors might because they might be waiting for those metrics to mature, such as uh, TVPI and DPI, et cetera. And it's interesting, you, you try to find your positioning and reputation in the ecosystem. Do you talk to founders about that? And you know, what, what's a positive signal that, that gets you excited about a manager? I think there's many. Um, certainly when you hear a strong reference from a founder we respect, uh, that's, that's usually a, a, a signal to start paying attention. Uh, I, I think, uh, I think definitely if we're, if we're leading, leading around that, uh, that, that a manager has, uh, that has, has played a key part in that, that's also a great signal. I don't know, Karm, what are the, what are the signals you look at? And I think like what's unique for us because we're doing kind of direct investing as well is you know we can hear it straight from the horse's mouth in terms of you know speaking to the founder and understanding okay why this particular permutation of, of, kind of folks and firms around the table and then uh, we'll, we'll see if it matches the story that's been told by the manager right if, if the manager is telling us a certain narrative of why they're able to identify these deals get into them and add value thereafter um you know we're not just taking their word for it you know we have the ability to kind of look at how that's actually kind of played out um, from a number of other perspectives, which is, you know, the founders, other co-investors, ourselves, uh, to triangulate on, a, you know, a go, no go sort of decision. And then, so let's say you find this manager, you like her. Um, why should, you know, what does she get out of the program? Other, you know, first of all, she gets capital, which is extremely important in this ecosystem. But what, what else, um, why else are the managers joining your program? I think what we're providing is a level of referenceability um, for these managers as they start to scale their platforms. And so, you know, when they're raising their successive funds or doing, you know, follow on closes, et cetera, um, other investors can kind of look at us and say like, look, we put them through a fulsome diligence process. Um, you know, we've done all the kind of reference checks that I just talked about with founders, et cetera. And they've kind of gotten that seal of approval that, you know, there is something real here. Uh, from folks that are like actually boots on the ground, you know, in these ecosystems in which they um, are currently uh, operating. Secondly, like as a fund, you know, we've been at this for 15 plus years, you know, we've scaled to kind of multi-billion AUM. We've made a lot of mistakes along the way. And, you know, the ability to kind of help other managers avoid those mistakes and kind of tell them like, hey, think about this, you know, at this stage, it's going to save you a headache down the road 
or you know when they hit certain you know hurdles around like transactions or these sort of organizational matters uh, you know there's a lot of institutional knowledge there that we can bring to bear and then also there's an element of kind of connectivity here um, so being part of this program means you're part of a community of the, the top emerging managers kind of coast to coast and uh, some in the U.S. as well. And the ability to kind of connect with them, you know, trade deals, collaborate on ideas, et cetera, I think is unique. You know, what we saw historically is if there's a, you know, a great company in Victoria, um, the odds of, you know, an emerging manager who sits in Montreal kind of seeing that transaction are relatively slim, um, save for some superpowers that apparently you have um but you know we're able to kind of connect the dots there and actually say hey you know she would make an excellent investor for this company um uh, because of like xyz and, and you know make sure that they have a chance to, to look at that opportunity and so i'm going to go a bit off the script right now can you uh, you know describe a couple of managers that have joined the program you described garage so for people that don't know garage like what made them exciting when you first found them and why do you continue to support them uh, you know, the garage folks have just always had an incredible drive to, to give back um, and are just extremely good investors. Um, I think that comes from the way that they've operated their businesses. Um, they understand, you know, what's really important at, at different stages of, of a company's uh, historical uh, journey. Um, I think the reason they started doing this, there were so many founders that were reaching out to them for advice. Um, and they would give, you know, really good advice based on like what they had done firsthand, not what they, you know, read about on Twitter or like yeah. you know, heard about at, at a, a conference. Um, you know, when we got involved with them, uh, you know, they had just taken some personal capital and they had very, very, very little personal capital at the time and started doing these, you know, small uh, angel investments. And the initial results over the first year or two were, were fantastic. They kind of checked all the boxes that Frank talked about. Uh, but when we sat down and, and chatted with them, um, you know, there was definitely ambition to scale this out to a, a larger platform and they were very unique in terms of their approach. Um, and so this was a time in which traditionally venture capital met, you know, invest millions of dollars, you know, own 20% of the company, take a board seat and, you know, that's the recipe and anyone who doesn't do that is insane. And they just think, said like, look, we think there's a better way to do this. Uh, we think through our network, we can attract firms that can play that role um, and we'll play a slightly different role and earn uh, great returns as a result. Um, and so, you know, we've been investors in Garage 1, 2, 3, and, you know, whenever they raise the next one, hopefully we'll get the chance to raise our hand again. Um, but I think like we've just seen this go from, you know, an idea um, to like hard results. Um, and uh, it's been just incredible to watch. Cool. And what have I, haven't I asked about the discovery fan that people should know about, or you'd like to talk about? Um, yeah. So while we focus on, uh, investing into funds, uh, and, and in Canada, we're also investing in uh, a handful of funds in the U S. Uh, and so recently with our public launch, we've had a, a ton of interest in, from fund managers in the U S and, we're kind of focusing on on managers again that are in the U.S. but have some sort of Canadian connection, and I think what's what's great there is we're 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 building visibility into ecosystems beyond Canada, so we can uh, learn how things are being done at the earliest stages in those ecosystems and and try to bring back maybe some of the 
the lessons learned and insights to, to the ecosystems here, as well as allow Inovia to uh, further expand its investment practice uh, beyond Canada, which uh, I know that uh, we're doing both with uh, our presence in the Bay Area as well as our, our office in London. Well, you, you just opened me up to a question about ecosystems. Um, you know, Canada, we talk about as a you know geographic one ecosystem, but each I, I feel feel like each geography has a different different feel to it. Montreal, Waterloo, Toronto, Vancouver, and the other ones. So, how do you how do you understand the differences perspectives when you look at companies and emerging managers um, from these different perspectives from these different ecosystems because they all have different feels to them. Yeah, I think the advantage we have is you know we've got boots on the ground in all of those ecosystems. Um, and have had those folks there for 15 years. Um, and so this isn't, you know, a fly by night sort of operation. Someone pops up, um, you know, they send us a deck and we send them a few million bucks. Um, <laughs> in, uh, in most cases, uh, you know, these relationships stretch back, you know, a few years. Um, you know, for us, it was really important when we were constructing this program to the benefit of our LPs is like, this is not like, you know, training wheels for angel investing sort of thing. Um, we wanted to work with folks that we had seen, you know, actively deploying capital for a number of years. Um, you know, sometimes in different forms, like sometimes there's kind of personal angel investing sort of things versus structured funds. Uh, but, you know, we had to be able to kind of raise our hand and say like, look, you know, we have built a relationship here, you know, we track this individual or a firm, um, and we think now is a, a great time for uh, us to get involved, uh, to, you know, generate solid returns uh, alongside them, uh, but also kind of assist them as they uh, scale their, their own ambitions. Cool. Um, want to flip it to a bigger macro picture now. Um, the last 18 months or so have been interesting in the ecosystem. Um, there's, you know, Canadian press likes talking about the bad things going on, but I think a lot of good things are going on. So as either an emerging manager or early stage founder, what's why should you be out there starting a business, starting to invest in startups right now? What's what's great in the ecosystem right now? Um, I think there's, well, I think the reason you should start a business is not because of the ecosystem. It's it's because of the problem that you've identified and, and the solution you have that you believe you can build. Um, but I certainly think it's okay to, to take into consideration the broader macro picture. And I think the reason to be optimistic, at least the reason I'm very optimistic, is that there are amazing fund managers popping up across the country. Well, there has been a very uh, significant slowdown over the past 18 months at the later stages. What I was surprised by was the resiliency of early of the early stage ecosystem in terms of new funds, new fund managers popping up, new funds being closed, new investments being made. And this is in every ecosystem across the country. So whether it's you know, Vancouver or Calgary and Alberta or, or the other Western Canada states to uh, provinces to Ontario and Quebec and in Eastern Canada, there's, there's literally new investors popping up and deploying and funding and giving entrepreneurs their, their first rounds of funding, uh, which for me makes me very optimistic about the, the future opportunity for, the, for our country's tech ecosystem, because it means that more entrepreneurs are being given a shot to, to, to execute and have the capital they need to, to scale. And just let's talk about current trends. You know, everything's been about generative AI. Um, you know, 
is that influence how you guys are looking at direct investments or emerging managers or what trends get you excited? What, you know, again, it's interesting. You said that you shouldn't worry about trends, but they, they must impact how you look at stuff. So what, what's, what are the positive trends? What are stuff you guys are sick of seeing? No, I, I think trends definitely matter. Um, macro, I was, you know, if, if you're talking about interest rates or, or stuff like that, I think that's probably less of a top of mind. Trends are yeah. definitely the, the AI trend is, is definitely one that we've seen many of uh, the repeat entrepreneurs in our network uh, get behind just because of the, the huge opportunity that's being opened up through these new capabilities being provided by LLMs and generative AI. So I, I don't think we talked about it, but we do have a small allocation in our discovery fund for direct investments. Um, those are more the exception rather than the norm. Yeah. And, and these are typically going into entrepreneurs that we've worked with before. And uh, the large majority of entrepreneurs that are that we've backed through this allocation have been um, have been leveraging AI in one capacity or another. And and I believe more than half are using LLMs. I think the way we see it as as software investors is that uh, there's a huge there's a huge capabilities that have just been uh, opened up to entrepreneurs and and we're excited by that the opportunities made available as a result yeah and so so and i guess it sounds like you know you use the new ai trend lets people solve problems in new ways and that's that's what you're looking for um and talking about you know founders if they want to you know they're looking for funding it sounds like you guys don't do many uh, well as we discussed the whole reason this program exists is you don't do many early pre-seed investments um, what's the best way for a founder to identify one of your partner funds or to reach out to you to get funding if they're a really early stage? Yeah. <clears throat> so we're always, we're always happy to talk, speak with early stage founders. Um, as, as you're right, we we're not leading these pre-seed rounds. We, we typically are deferring to, um, other investors to do that. And often we're referring these opportunities to our emerging managers to potentially lead. And so you're welcome to reach out to me at prem at inovia.vc or my colleague Marianne at inovia.vc. And both of us would be happy to kind of do a first pass and figure out who might be the right investors for you. And, and I think that's one of the benefits of our strategy is we because we've, we've spoken with many of the investors across the country and in the US, we're usually able to point you to a few investors that, that could be a good fit. And then I got one last question, um, maybe a bit of controversial one. Talk about U.S. investors versus Canadian investors, and uh, what? How do you view the difference? Obviously, you're Canadian, but like early stage, you know, hypothetically, a founder can go anywhere to raise. Um, why should they raise locally? Who should they raise from? How do you? How do you? When founders come to you and say, "Hey, you've got like 15, 20 managers you're supporting. Which one should we talk to? What's the right? How does someone know the right manager for them?" Um, I think a lot of it just comes down to personal fit. I think one thing to keep in mind is. You know, when you take an investment from someone, it's a two-way relationship. And that two-way relationship, um, you know, could last 14, 15 years. Um, you know, we had a company sell uh, yesterday, ClearBrath Robotics, and I was speaking to one of the angel investors there. He invested back in 2009 and has been with them on that entire journey. And in that case, it was a great relationship. But can you imagine 14, 15 years of... Uh, you know, wincing every time you have to pick up the phone or, you know, open up an email. So there's that, right? The second thing is for the sort of company you're trying to build, you know, uh, does that particular firm or individual have a track record of helping scale, you know, similar sorts of businesses? 
uh, whether that's based on business model, sector, geography, et cetera. Uh, when you talk about U.S. Canadian investors, I, I don't think there's you know any right answer. Um, I think I really do believe in the power of kind of non-overlapping networks. And if you can bring you know, more smart people around the table, um, I think that generally leads to, to better outcomes. That being said, you know, there is something about having a strong local investor that, you know, you can walk down the street and talk to um, that knows, you know, the ecosystem in which you're recruiting most of your employees. Um, and it has, I think, like a much more vested interest in your long term success. Um, you know, who's not just kind of playing this tourist VC card, um, who's there, you know, when things are going well, but, you know, when things aren't going well, you get pushed to the bottom of your stack. Uh, you know, with these local investors, um, they, they don't have the luxury of being able to do that. Like they will have to work with you uh, because their reputation is the sole reason that they're able to kind of generate, you know, future deal flow uh, and ultimately be successful. Um, and so I think it's a, a bit of a balancing act and it's always important to keep in mind, um, you know, who are the folks that you want around the table when things are getting bumpy, uh, not just, you know, the folks that are rushing to, to kind of come support you, uh, when things are on the up and up. Excellent. Uh, I think you've answered all my questions and we've gone through quite a bit. If someone wants to follow up with either of you, I guess, Prem, you've shared your email address and we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, Prem is, should it be people reach out to you or should I just go to Prem? Uh, I also have an email inbox. Yes. Paramount, <laughs> I knew it would be at .bc. Cool. Um, thank you so much for putting this together. Thank you for answering the questions. This is a bit normal and different than the podcast. I'd always be happy to do another one where you go through your own personal journey or talk about some of your startup experiences as investors with specific startups if you want to do it. Um, for people listening, if you enjoyed this, please share the podcast with someone else. Thank you and have a great day.